welcome. I'm so happy to have you here at the Making Adjustment Podcast of our last I'm your host, and I'm super happy to be here again. Um, I let the busyness of the holidays get to me, and I'm late on my last advent. But let's really think about it. What better way to end the new year than on a discussion on love? So we're still going to discuss that fourth week of advent and love. Now, I understand that love might not be the fourth week for everyone. I understand that sometimes some people do different types of, uh, like they switch them around. They're not always love. But where for our practical purposes, we are ending with love. And this this episode came a little easier for me than other episodes, and I didn't actually really focus on the, the history of love in Advent. I focused on a couple of other things. So join me as I uh, dive into our final Advent of love. So again, I'm not doing a commercial this week, so we're just going to uh, jump right in and talk about this. So the word love, that's a big word no matter how you discuss it, right? When you decide that you love someone, you are making choices to love them through their faults. But we as humans see faults in others which cause us not to love them anymore, right? So that is one of our biggest things is that we can easily fall in and out of love like it's an actual feeling. But the feeling of love is is not the same as the action of love. And today we're going to talk about more of the action of love. Um, Because God loves us through actions and not through feelings um god's love that's what that's what it is it's it's action and he loves us through all of our faults so god sent his only son as a sacrifice because he loved us so much he forgets our faults and our sins as soon as we ask for forgiveness how many of us can say that we may forgive but we don't forget we carry it around with us and forgetting something that someone has done to us is a completely different story, right? It's so different. We, God actually forgets, like doesn't remember our faults when we ask for forgiveness. But when someone asks us for forgiveness, we carry it around. Yeah, I forgive you, but I don't forget. Or will you forgive me? Someone will forgive me, but maybe not ever forget how I made them feel, right? So I I hate it if I actually make someone feel bad. Um, and I don't want to make others feel bad, but I'm human and I screw up. I admit that. So, um, so God embraces us when we feel like no one loves us. And that is a huge deal as well. So when we feel like we're alone and no one made love us or that we are not lovable god still loves us i know i have tons of faults and i try to acknowledge those faults to others in hopes that they will love me even though i have my husband looks past the majority of my faults and loves me anyway 
But I know he gets frustrated with some of my faults. Mostly the ones that surround finances. I am terrible with finances. I am not going to lie about that. Uh, my mom, it wasn't a strong suit with my mom. I transpose numbers a lot anyway, so I don't have the gift of numbers. I can't do math in my head. You know, there are so many things that come with numbers that I'm not good at. And, and I'm just not really great with finances. So this is an area I'm working on. And I pray that God forgives me for this, this area in my life where I, it is not a strong suit for me. So this year, one of my goals is actually learn to manage my money better. And I have learned a lot about finances and stuff over the last several months because my husband's company was hit hard by the economy and he received a pay cut as, as a result. And that hit us really hard, really hard. I know I've kind of alluded to all this during my other ones, but it, it hit us hard and it was a significant pay cut. And things are so expensive. So not only are can we take a pay cut, but everything's expensive. It is unbelievable to me how expensive, you know, we, we tried to buy a car and it wasn't worth the effort. It was worth it just to keep the car that we have, you know, but just basic things like eating. Um, you know, we used to be able to go to Chick-fil-A, the four of us, and eat for around $30. And now it's at least 50 or 60 that is crazy. I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday morning so my son could have his Chick-fil-A before he took a major test so he could get his teaching degree. And I got breakfast fillets, not even the biscuit, breakfast fillets, one drink, and one thing of minis. And it was $20. $20. It was crazy. So anyway, and that's for fast food, let alone when you go out to eat. Um, in a restaurant where you have to tip as well. So now everything's so expensive, so the tips are actually bigger too. And they charge you $3 for a drink, which my husband has a tagline that we always say, you know, they always get you with the drinks, you know, but they do, they're expensive. But that's just not only just going out, but going grocery shopping. We bought five items the other day and it was $100. You know, so it's just flat out, everything's expensive. It is insane to me. Um, so I need, but I still live like none of that happened. Okay, so right now I'm adjusting to trying not to live like that happened. Okay, so this is me being pretty honest with you because I don't like to talk about money to people. So this is me being honest. So, so I'm trying to, to, you know, educate my boys. Hey, this is the way economy is. During your lifetime, this is going to happen, right? Because we don't always have, you know, good economy. Um, and so you got to learn to adjust. So we're going to need to learn to adjust. We're going to need to learn to eat at home more. We're going to need to learn how to eat sandwiches and and things. And my picky eaters, which I'm, I'm picky eater too, you know, but my picky eaters in the home are going to need to learn to expand their palate just a little, right? So... The basic living expenses of life is just expensive. Housing, food, electricity, gas, everything's expensive. So I need to learn to, to adjust to that, not only for my family and my finances, but because I love my husband, right? This brings us all back to love. I know it seems like I took a long way to get there, but 
because I love my husband and it stresses him out. It stresses him out when he has to worry about money and it makes him angry and it's hard for him to, to function in our family. Um, so I need to change my habits financially, not only financially, but also so, so I can show my husband love and help him decrease his anxiety and I want to do things that make him happy. I don't know why every time I do this podcast, I get a tickle on my throat. So God does the same thing. He wants us to know how much he loves us as well. So think about John 3, 16. God sent his only son so we could have eternal life. Who would do that, right? When you give your only child to help someone else. That is a big thing. Think about how big that is. Think of the, those of you that have kids. That That is that is like one of the biggest things ever. <coughs> I am so sorry. This only happens when I try and do that. So, hold on one second. Okay, I apologize. Here we are. We're back. So, God gave his only son... So we can have an incredible life. Not so we can have a boring life. Not because so we can have a rigid life. It's so we can have a more abundant life. It actually says that in the Bible. So we need to focus on, on that and that God loves us. It's something God loved us enough to ask his son to do something so incredibly difficult so we could be saved. That's the biggest kind of love there is. So we should absolutely spend every day showing God that we love him just as much. He wants us to love him so much that we want to bless him and that we want to spend time with him. It took me a long time to realize that my relationship with God was actually two ways. I don't just have a relationship. I mean, he doesn't just have a relationship with me, but I need to have a relationship with him. So I used to pray for things sort of like it was like a menu, like, God, please take care of this. Please help me out of that. Please help me, 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 me. But I wasn't praying for a, a better relationship with God. And um, it wasn't until I heard that on a sermon, I, I, I think it was Joyce Myers, who said that she actually prays for like, you know, please show me how I can bless you today, right? How, how can I bless you, God, today? Now, that, that's pretty cool. Can, can you imagine God telling you how how he could bless, how you could bless him? Um, And then I, so I've started to pray that way. I've started to pray, how can I bless him? How can I grow my relationship with him? Um, Andy Stanley also said that, hey, you have my, you have my hands, you have my mouth, you have my feet, you have my body, you have my soul. Use it as your will, you know. So, like, you also offer yourself to God so God helps take care. So you can take care of God's will for him is what I'm trying to say. So I try and pray for those things as well. Now, Joyce Myers talks about God like he, like like he's almost audible to her. Um, I, I don't hear him like he's audible, but it becomes like a feeling. So like if I really pray on something, usually I'll go to sleep and the next morning 
there's like a, a, a an answer. I have I have a I have a reason or, or not a reason, but a, a way to deal with whatever the problem is, right? So um, that's that's what I chalk up to hearing from God. It may be different for all of you, so yeah, share with me what you think, how you hear from God, because I would like to know. I find this part very interesting. But the biggest thing I also help, I ask God to do is I have I I pray to have Him help me love others even when others are difficult to love that has to be one of the hardest things to do it's so easy to love someone that you already love like my children i love my children like big love my children because my children are amazing and they're my children right all of you feel that way um so like it's easy to love my children it's easy to love my husband um, even on days where my husband is not happy with a situation, I still love my husband, right? But there are people out there that I, I, I struggle with love because they're not easy to love. You don't get a lot in return. You don't get a lot, um, you know, back from them. You, you they, they may be grumpy with you all the time, you know, so the rude person lying behind you, you still have to try and be nice to them and that's hard right that's hard um loving someone a family member who has hurt you badly in the past may not be the person you want to you know be all up in love with you know (laughs) i have people like that in my in my family and and love requires a lot of trust and if you don't trust people it's hard to love people and um and so i have to ask god for help in that manner you know if i see someone who hurts someone i love i don't want to love them either and you know i i find myself sometimes in a situation where my husband gets hurt by someone he cares about and his reaction is very strong and it is very difficult for him but I choose to love this person that hurts him, even though it's difficult, right? It's difficult. Um, And so I want to show, I have to ask God to help. I have to ask God to help to love people who are difficult to love. Joyce Myers actually has a whole book on this. um, And I think it's called Loving Difficult. Loving people who are difficult to love. I think it's actually called that. So I highly recommend that book if you're having this this issue. And I highly recommend praying every day for, for help because it, it does. It sort of gives you a sense of peace when you walk into the room with someone that is difficult to love. And you do your part. They don't have to do theirs. They don't. They don't have to do theirs. All they have to all you have to do is do your part. And God takes care of the rest. And he has so many times in my life. So I know that he will for you as well. Um, so if if God went through all the trouble to send his son here as a baby. And a reason to celebrate. Which is what we celebrate. Even though he may not have been born around this time. This was a time to celebrate. And then had him sacrifice his life for us. Why wouldn't we want to do everything we could for God as well? Right? So then Jesus came in and he get, becomes an adult, right? We both do the, you know, New Testament. And he 
kind of takes away like all the rigidness that comes with with religion that that people had you know and and basically says what you really need to do is love others as you love yourself now i think that's a great statement because i don't always love myself so if i don't love myself how can i learn to love other people and so jesus is saying you know I love you. God loves you. So you that's enough for you to learn to love yourself in addition to you need to learn to love others. And so I work on that. I work on that because I don't always love myself. I don't always think that hide things of myself. So and that goes back to our positive self-talk that I've talked about in this podcast is Instead of saying negative thoughts about myself, I've I've tried to start saying positive things, which helps increase the love for myself. So I am capable of loving others. It's not so I can praise myself. I probably won't ever really totally get to that point. But it's so I can love others. I want people to know how much I love them. Uh, So, um... When, I'm sorry, when I am messed up a friendship, and, and I, I I have messed up friendships, I it takes a while to notice sometimes that you messed it up. Like, you think you're chugging along and everything's good, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, this person's not talking to me, or, or I really screwed this up, you know, I'm being shown that I screwed something up. Um, God usually shows me what I need to fix. And I have things in my life right now that I'm doing to fix that. And I'm working on that. And to those people who have, like, felt that way from me personally, I apologize. You know, I don't want people to feel bad because of me. Because I do want to show God's love to other people. Um, So I pray that people can forgive me as much as I pray for people, for me to be able to forgive others. God God asks us to do the hard check on our lives and our relationship with God. So like that you know, being being <laughs> being a Christian and, and actually doing the deep dive into faith and growing your relationship with God isn't always about sunshine and roses, right? It's about doing the deep dive into what kind of person you are and what kind of person can you be and and do you do the things that you're asked to do? You know, I laugh at this because, again, I, I, I listen to Joyce Meyer every day, so I use her a lot in my examples. Um, but uh, she talks about, like, putting as simple things as putting the shopping cart back where it belongs, not just leaving it in the parking space. It's something she had to learn to do and felt like God was calling her to do that. It was a simple task that blessed others. It kept others' cars from getting you know, hit and, and stuff. So she talks about that. You know, she was um, a, a much harsher woman, it sounds like, in, in her younger years. And she talked about how God completely transformed her life. So I believe that God can change you. If you are an angry individual and you think that the world owes you everything, I believe that God can break down your heart and and you become someone totally different. You know, um, I believe that you can become a peaceful person and stuff. I am a non-confrontational person um, and a people pleaser, which is equally as bad, right? Like, I, I, I feel like I have to please others, so sometimes I discount 
myself in order to please others because I do not want any confrontation because I grew up with that kind of stuff. Um, so I've had to not only had to grow in that manner where I'm not sacrificing myself or my family to please someone that doesn't need to be pleased at that time. <clears throat> and so we all have things we have to work on and we all have things to do to help us grow and and be who we are in Christ and learn to not only give, but also accept God's love. So, <clears throat> um... I'm sorry. Um, so do you try and develop real relationship with God and you ask him to help you? Are you quick to anger when you think others have done you wrong? Or do you attempt to see both sides? Do you hold a grudge or can you be quick to forgive? I'm not saying that we're a doormat and let people walk all over us. But can you let things go in the past that hold you down? Remember, forgiveness isn't about isn't about them and, and saying it's okay what they did. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is about letting it go. Forgiveness is about loving yourself and others enough that you don't carry around that anger and that burden and everything, and you just let it go. Give it to God. God takes care of it. Trust me, I know this. Um... I've said before that I was abused by someone I was supposed to be able to trust. And because this person is still living, I choose not to give more details regarding the abuse. But I I could have held on to this anger, right? I could have held on to it. I could have held on to the fear. Um, and I could have let the abuse ruin my life. And I could have let it lead me down a path of excuses of making wrong choices right so because I was abused I started doing this because I was abused I started doing this but no 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 that's not the way that works it's because you were abused that you chose to live a better life that you chose to be the person that that person who abused you isn't or wasn't right so you learn to be past that um, you don't let it ruin your life. You let it, you let it be the anchor that pulls you and tugs at you till you become the person that you were meant to be. Um, I grew from it and I eventually let it go to the point that I could discuss it. And, uh, and I do discuss it, but like I said, right now, because this is a public platform and the person is still living, I do not choose to share a whole lot about it. But maybe someday I will. Um, I also had to learn to deal with it. I had to learn from it. I did get therapy for it. But a lot of it had to do with my faith that I grew up as a kid. And I was able to accept that this is the way this person was. And it wasn't a reflection on me. And that's what we all need to do. Um, I also could have taken negative path of self-medicating or turning to self-pity but I didn't I use it to help others and that have been in simple similar situations and so yes I became a therapist yes I like working with kids um yes I have a soft spot for ones that have been abused in similar situations that I have but 
The bottom line is I did something to help them instead of wallow in the fact that I grew up abused and my friends didn't. Um, my, my friends had two parent homes. I didn't, you know, my mom raised me by herself and she did a great job. Right. You know, but I didn't have a two parent home. And so I was also, I talked about this, raised in a cult. And I could have let that situation turn me away from God. I could have run the other direction, screaming and yelling, saying that that churches were bad and, and that God was bad because he let us be involved in the situation. But really, the basis of that information in that cult got us through life, my mom and I both. And it wasn't God's fault that man turned it into something that it wasn't supposed to be, right? So we got to pull that away. If you lose someone that you care about, you know, some people get angry at God and say that it's God's fault and that he took them. That's not the way that works. You have a conversation with God. You wrestle with God about it. You know, um, the Psalms are all about, sort of, you know, I think it was David talking to God, like, like conversations. You have a conversation with God about that. You talk to him about it and he will show you and how to get past it and how to, to really live and get past the pain of what you think is there, but it wasn't God's fault. Okay. So you need to be able to look past that. And I chose that path of I have done a lot of research on not um, blaming God for things but I admit that going to church is still a huge issue and in fact I just had that conversation with my husband because I like we need to find a church and we really need to go to church unfortunately the church I really want to go to is really way for us and so that's not realistic. It's not realistic that we're going to get up that early and go to church every week. And so I'm looking at a closer church. And, you know, already I was coming up with excuses why not to go to this church, right? Because it's this, because it's that. It's not going to share the same beliefs that I believe. It's not this. It's not. And I finally looked at my husband and I said, I can come up with excuses till the cows come home as to why not to go to church. But God talks about fellowshipping with other believers and not just doing church on my own by myself. My family does not do as much studying of the Bible and church stuff that I do, like like watching Joyce Myers or watching Andy Stanley, um, as I do. So I'm really hindering them from developing theirs, except they all went to Christian schools. Hmm. My husband specifically doesn't ever have an opportunity to go and hear God's word because he works at a place where he can't just listen to, you know, sermons all day, right? So I need to put my stuff aside because I love my family enough and find a church to go to, right? And and my great-grandmother always used to say, yeah, but what he really meant was, and she would have her own ideas of what God meant by certain things and if they didn't line up with our pastor she would just say that her pastor what he really meant was and I always laugh about that because she went to the same church forever and her ideals all 
didn't always line up with what the pastor said. You know, sometimes you think differently. Maybe you're being led differently. Maybe it's a point of view you hadn't thought of. Or maybe, you know, it's just a different point of view of the same thing. But you have to not, you have to kick those excuses to the curb. And my great-grandmother continued to go to church even though she didn't always believe the same thing as her pastor. And she studied the Bible on her own, and she knew what she was talking about. And I appreciated that. Uh, my mom was the same way. My mom did a lot of studying on her own. Um, I think she was a little more easily swayed by others' opinions than than my great-grandmother was. I tend to have my great-grandmother's you know, feet in the ground. You're not moving me from this this opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, I I do do my own studying. I do do my own research. I don't just do something that someone tells me to do because they tell me to do it. That is not the way I am or about anything um, and not the way I'm going to be. So instead of me turning away from God and all the situations that I had grew up with in life. You know, even after my divorce, things were just different. Uh, I I studied God instead of turning away from him. So I um I I I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to study what he means by love. I encourage you to study how to love hard people. Um, find, find that stuff. Like, is that read that book by Joyce Myers, Myers, or, you know, Google it. The great thing about like this day and age is we can, you know, go to the internet and pretty much find anything we want to study. Um, Max Licato has great Bible studies on love and, um, Andy Stanley, of course, does, uh, Joyce Myers, of course, does. Find your person that lines up and that you cannot go a week without listening to and and really study what they mean about love. Because love is an action, and don't forget that. Love is an action, and sometimes it's a choice every day to get up and love whoever in your house. You have a grumpy teenager that's not always lovable, right? Teenagers can be hard. But you make a decision every day that I'm going to love that person no matter how they treat me that day. You know what they're going to see when they get older? That you love them through the hard times. Right? You're going to see your husband through a difficult time when he's angry and grumpy and and struggling. You know, you're going to send him a text that says, Hey, I know you're having a hard time, but let's look at these positive things. Because I love you so much, I want to show you what awesome things have happened this week because right now all you're seeing is bad but i love you enough to show you what the good is god does that to us every day right every day he's like hey hey these are the good things that happen in your life these are the things that happen to you these are the things that i have blessed you with now you get to come bless me and i think that's how we should totally live our life so we love one another because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. 
And that's 1 John 4, 16 through 18. And we can know God because we love God. And we can know God because God gave us everything because he loves us. He gave us only everything. Jesus asked us to do the one thing, and that's love others as we love ourselves. My mother-in-law has been hospitalized twice while we've been on Christmas, during Christmas. And that has put us behind. Like, I, I got behind in work. I got behind my podcast. And time got taken away from us over the holidays. But we love her. We would give our time for her to take care of her and see that she's okay. Was it always easy? No. It wasn't. It wasn't easy for my sister-in-law. It wasn't easy for my husband. It wasn't easy for us. But the point is that everyone stepped up when they needed to and took, took the time that they could give and gave it to him. And that's love despite a difficult situation. You know, when you work you know, 60 hours a week and when you are trying to get things done for the holidays and we tend to get all wrapped up in the busiest time of year and we have to stop and say, you know what, this person's important and I need to stop what I'm doing and help. And that is what we did. So this is something I pray every day for God to show me how to love others better. So when you lit that last candle for Advent, did you remember God's love? Did you try and focus on the new year and what God's love meant to you? So for me, I'm going to go ahead and light it again. One last time for me. And bring in the new year, trying to focus on loving others in a time where it's so difficult to find people who love first instead of judge first. And... I I know that it's hard out there. Life, this this world is a crazy, crazy time. And this next year is going to stink because it's an election year. Everyone will be banned up against everybody. And it's already starting. And so take your time. And if you have Republicans and Democrats in your family, you still love each other. No matter what. But if you have people in your life that are difficult to love you love them you pray and you love them and are we going to succeed every day no we're not going to succeed every day we are human and we're going to let emotions get in our way but remember love is an action love is not a feeling um so i love you guys I appreciated your support as I started this adventure. I do not plan on letting it up. I, I really hope it grows in the next year because I am so enjoying this time with you. I appreciate all the support that I've had from every single one of you, my family included, and I wish everyone a very, very happy and joyful, peaceful, and hopeful new year. See you next year.